With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Celebrate me! Yes! But like once this comes out, it's no longer celebrating me. It's not, but today is your birthday, so happy fucking birthday. Hey, I want you all to know, we're recording on my birthday. (laughs) I could be doing a lot of other things right now. We're going to be doing a lot of other things after we're done recording. It's going to be a night. It's Monday. We already had a night on Saturday. We don't need another one. Guys, we're getting old. So old. Like, wow. Like, I'm still a little hungover oh, from Saturday. Definitely a two-day hangover. It was a rough day at work, and I didn't really even do anything. Actually, no, I had to do two interviews today. With Woof. So, yeah. So that, you did do stuff. I did do stuff. You gotta be on was, when you do interviews. It was hard. Yeah. No, I'm not into that. It was a fun Saturday, though. It was a fun was Saturday. Saturday. Well, you know what, though? I was actually like... But, uh, but for tonight's story, I'm cool with this being on my birthday because I'm really excited about this story. And this is a story that we've wanted to do since we started the podcast. Yeah, because there's definitely a part in it that we say all the time. Oh, yeah. And we're going to we're gonna have to cue that up and say that real oh, strong. I, I, I made a good lead up to it. Excellent. So, um, I mean, I know what part it is. Yeah, I'll let you know. You'll all know when it happens. You're like, oh. Okay. If you watch VH1's Behind the Music and saw the TLC episode, <laughs> you'll then, know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's who we're talking about. We're talking about TLC. Today we're talking about TLC. Yeah. All right. The crazy, the sexy, and the cool. All of it. All at once. Ain't no bad or ugly in here. It's all just crazy, sexy, cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Welcome to Rock Candy. Hi. Your weekly podcast, bringing you sweet treats from the world of music, stories, and tales, and Maybe little things you didn't know about certain artists that you really like. Some fun trivia. Fun trivia. We hope you will do well at music trivia after this. Yeah. You are welcome. <laughs> Please credit us. We're helpful. Yeah. And we're your hosts. I'm Maggie. I'm Ashley. And yes, we are talking about the one and only TLC. Yeah. A wonderful group from our childhood yeah. that I love talking about. Right? And I mean, they're so influential. Influential and just... In general, a very big part of my life, Yeah, I guess. But I would also say that their music totally stands the test of time. Uh-huh. You can still listen to them. And yeah. it's a goddamn shame that we'll never get music from them again. I mean... We won't get music won't from we? them again. As the three of them. Yes. But they they definitely kept, kept it going. Me- oh, I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get into it. But and... we, had a, we had a pretty delectable yeah. beer this time. Yeah, we it's did. It's kind of nice. It's a good beer. I was pretty excited about it. Mm-hmm. We don't always, as we complain about a lot, we don't always get a good beer. Yeah. But this week we were drinking Prairie Artisan Ales. Artisanal. No, it's just Artisan Ales. 
Oh, okay. It's two separate words. No, but if you put them together, it's artist anals. I mean, <laughs> artist anals. <laughs> artist anales. Mm, yes. It's so fancy. It's very French. Mm. It's French, guys. Bonjour. Anal. Mercy buckets. Artist anals. It's called No Chill. <laughs> It's a milk stout aged on coffee. Makes and sense because we clearly have no chill. We at have all. no chill, but TLC arguably, at least one member certainly didn't have any chill. Yeah, no. But one of them did have chill, as her name was Chili. Exactly. Also, no also, scrubs. Also, no scrubs. Also, no scrubs. I don't want them. Get them out of here. What? What the fuck is that? Is that a scrub? <laughs> Get, Get the out. fuck out of here. Get the fuck out. Get the fuck out of here. Scrubs. But yeah, it, it was a really good beer. I think it hasn't, like, fully been out for a while. I think this is a bit of an older can. Yeah, I think that's... I think it's an older beer, but I really have no idea because our local beverage center um, sometimes rotates things too quickly and then doesn't rotate other things for years, Yeah, which makes no sense to me at all. There are some cans there that I have been staring at since we started doing this podcast over two years ago. It's actually the same exact can. Literally. So this could have been one of them. I don't know. Either way, it's still good. So No, that's what I was going to say. I mean, if you happen to come across it, I would highly suggest getting it. Yeah. It's there only was 5%. Well, baby. <laughs> that was the only can that they had. But it was good. Yeah, it was really good. I was kind of bummed there wasn't more, but we'll do. We'll, we'll make do. We always do. But you have a butt ton of notes, so we yeah. should probably just dive right into yeah, it. Yeah, we can do that. All right. All right. Tell me about TLC. T-Boz Left Eye and Chili. Spoilers, that's what TLC stands for. <laughs> not Tender Love and Care. Not, not the, the Learning t- Channel. Not the t- which is, which learning in that sense, highly suspect. Highly when it, suspect. When it comes to that TV channel. I learning anything don't they have like like isn't it like a, a thousand pound life now and like yeah. the little women which is yeah. all just little women little people yeah little people that's it and like you know just exploiting people it's a good time exploiting people under the guise of learning you're not learning anything you're, you're learning gawking anything. at everybody yeah but this is not the tlc we're talking about it's not <laughs> but apparently we have opinions <laughs> things we discovered tonight yeah so TLC started in 1990 in Atlanta, Georgia, but it wasn't started by anyone you may have heard of. The group was pulled together by a teenager named Crystal Jones. Rumor had it that Crystal, under the direction of Perry Pebbles Reed, whom you might not recognize that name, however, you probably would recognize one of her like two hits. She had that no, one. Pebbles sounds really familiar. She had that song called Girlfriend. Girlfriend, how could you let him treat you so bad? Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, that's Pebbles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do know that song. I love that song, and I very often forget about it. One of those lost hits. What is that, like, late 80s? Ladies. Yeah, ladies. Ladies. <laughs> ladies. Ladies night. So, yeah, Crystal, under the direction of Pebbles, was there to form a girl group. It was a group the likes of which no one had seen before. All black, all girls, and featuring that new Jack Swing sound that was so popular mm, in the 90s. I still love that new Jack Swing, though. Yeah. That's still, that still fucking slaps, guys. It slaps. It swings, and it slaps. It whips the llama's ass. Ooh. <laughs> that kind of rhymes. Swings, and it slaps, slaps and it whips the llama's ass. <laughs> You're welcome. 
you can use that. Yeah. TM, TM. But, but you can use again, it. like, credit us, yeah. but you can use that. Yeah. <laughs> Crystal first set her eyes on Tian Tanise Watkins, also known as T-Boz. Yay. Tian was born in Des Moines, Iowa on April 26, 1970 to James and Gail Watkins. Her family was very musical. Her dad had his own band in which her mother sang backup vocals. Oh, so she came from a musical family. Indeed. Well, Partridge family there. That's kind of funny because my next line is, this wasn't exactly the Partridge family, oh, though. Oh, shit. Look at you. Bow, 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 bow. On point tonight. But except not because it's not a Partridge it's, But it's family. not Partridge family. You think Partridge family, yeah. but you're wrong. Tian's parents divorced when she was three years old. Oh. James Watkins chose music over his family, essentially abandoning Tian's mother to go out on the road. Rad. Yeah. Good Good choice. He continued to be a pretty deadbeat dad, missing Christmases and birthdays constantly. Rad. Rad dad. He's, rad dad. He's not like other dads. He's, he's a, a rad, rad dad. dad. When Dion actually did get to see her dad, he and his various girlfriends allegedly would subject them to, her to ridicule and abuse. What? Yeah, he was kind of a dick. Sounds like it. Yeah. I mean, like, so far, not a winner. So far, sounds like a dick. Yeah. Making matters worse was... A medical diagnosis at age seven that would affect Tian's life forever. She was told that she had sickle cell anemia, oh, which, yeah. which is a disorder where there aren't enough healthy red blood cells to carry oxygen throughout the body. This causes extreme fatigue, extreme pain, organ failure, stroke, heart problems, and a whole slew of other problems. Oh, Jesus. This meant she was in and out of the hospital constantly from the age of seven, dealing with the effects of overexertion and pain. Hmm. When she was nine, Tian and her mother moved to Atlanta. And Atlanta was a very different place from a small city in Iowa. Yeah. But Gail wanted her kids to have more opportunities to have great futures. And it was a rough transition for Tian. So it, are you saying that Gail was a cool mom? But like an actual cool mom. And then her dad was a rad dad. Rad dad out on the road. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, rad dad is not a thing you want to be in our book, apparently. You you can only say it if you roll your eyes as you say it. Yeah. Rad dad. It's rad dad. <laughs> but cool mom. Gail's doing cool good. Mom. Gail's doing a good yeah. job. All right. In Des Moines, there weren't a whole lot of black people she could hang out with. There, she was too black, so nobody wanted to talk to her. Oh. But in Atlanta, it was the opposite. She wasn't black enough. Oh. So she was stuck in this weird limbo, but she still tried to be a regular teenager. She took an interest in hair and nails, becoming a hair model, and getting a part-time job at a salon. Hmm. But her real passion was dancing. She liked to hang out at a young person's club. Is that what they called it? That's what I'm calling it. The young I don't know, person's club. I don't know what else to call it. Secrets. It was secrets. I'm like, I can't say secrets because nobody listening to us right now knows what secrets is secrets is a young person's club at a roller yeah. rink around here guys yeah they have the two water cannons and t -t -t two water cannons no dress code no dress code but no hoodies can't wear hoodies no grinding no hoodies <laughs> leave enough space for jesus <laughs> yes that's a kids a youth's club spot yeah a children's also, children's multi-use uh, entertainment venue. Also, virgin daiquiris. And a lot of other virgins there. <laughs> oh, that's... It's oh, gross. Oh, I feel weird. Yeah. That made me feel weird. But that's what it is. It's it is, just though. like... It is. That's, that's... It's a club for virgins. It's a club for children. These Ugh. children should not be boning yet. Yeah. If you're going to Secrets, you're not boning yet. Yeah. 
But also, this place has a better name than Secrets. Yeah. It's called Jelly Beans. Oh my god, that's Jelly Beans! Like a fucking youth club. Yeah. And it was a roller rink too. So it was a club, a roller, bl- roller blink. <laughs> I'm gonna roller blink right now. I'm gonna point blank, point blink, blink point and point. Break. Point break. Still can't say it. It's okay. Well, we went on a really br- long tirade about yeah. children's clubs. Anyway, she would go to Jelly Beans all the time. Yay! One of her favorite things to do was challenge the boys that ruled the dance floor. Oh, shit. And she could sing, too, but her passion was dancing. As luck would have it, T-Boz had a connection to Pebbles Reed, Crystal Jones's mentor that was helping her put the girl group together. Mm-hmm. Crystal was in charge of finding the talent, while Pebbles would be in charge of managing them. It just so happened that one of Tian's co-workers at the salon was Pebbles' hairstylist, and this co-worker suggested Tian to Pebbles. Oh. Also auditioning for Pebbles was Lisa Nicole Lopez, later to be known as Left Eye. Yeah, Left Eye! Lisa was born on May 27th, 1971, and was raised in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Oh, love Philly. Her mom, Wanda, was a seamstress, and her father, Ronald, was a staff sergeant in the U.S. Army. She was the oldest of three, having a younger sister, Raina, and a younger brother, Ronald Jr. And Lisa and Tian's childhoods were very similar. Though Lisa's parents weren't professionals, they were still musical. Ronald Sr. played harmonica, clarinet, piano, and saxophone. Ooh, oh, he was yeah. A, he was a, a real woodwind kind of guy. He was. He's a real woody guy. He likes into the, the woods. He likes them reed instruments. He's really into the wood. <laughs> <laughs> Dick jokes. <laughs> Again, like Tian, Lisa came from an abusive household. Her father ran their house like a boot camp. Oh, God. He was extremely strict, punishing his children for the smallest and most inconsequential infractions, physically abusing both them and their mother. Making matters worse was his drinking problem, which was something he unfortunately passed down to Lisa. Mm. By the time she was 15, she had also started drinking. So he's not a rad dad. He's just a bad dad. He's a bad dad. But, like, that kind of makes him sound like a kick-ass dad. Like no, a bad he's just dad. a bad dad. He's a shit dad. Yeah. That's not great. Yeah. Shit dad. Yeah, shit dad. I just want to keep up the rhyming scheme. Yeah, we'll have to think of something. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll We'll come up with something better. Yeah. In 1990, Lisa moved from Philly to Atlanta, in part to get away from her home life, but also because she'd heard that Pebbles was looking to start a group. Whoa, so at 15? No, she was about 18. Oh, okay. So so when she could leave the house, the first thing she did was leave the house and go to Atlanta. Yeah, she had already finished school and everything, so she left. Good for you. Get the fuck out of there. You can do better. She took her keyboard and $750 and booked it to Georgia, immediately impressing Pebbles with her exuberance and talent. Hmm. So Lisa joined Crystal and Tion to form the first incarnation of TLC, which at the time was called Second Nature. It wasn't long before the name changed to TLC, which was short for Tion, Lisa, and Crystal. Right. Because Crystal was the original third member. Exactly. Well, wasn't she technically the first member? Technically, yeah. Yeah. After practicing a bit, the girls auditioned for LaFace Records, which happened to be owned by Kenneth Babyface Edmonds. Wait a minute. Is it LaFace or L.A. Face? LaFace. I always thought it was L.A. Face. No. <laughs> it, you, easily confused because Babyface owned it along with Pebbles' husband at the time, L.A. Reed. Oh. 
Oh, so that's where I get confused. Yeah. But it's la face, lowercase a. La face. La face. Is it French? Is it no, French it's... for the face? Oh, no, it's Spanish for the face. <laughs> but it's a woman's face because la is the feminine. feminine. Got L it. L face would have been Mr. Face. I'm going to call it L.A. face. Because <laughs> when you go to L.A., it sucks so hard you have to put on your L.A. face. <laughs> Make people think you're having a good time. <laughs> That's it, ladies and gentlemen. Even though they're totally on the East Coast, we can call it LA Face. Okay. LA <laughs> Reed and Babyface loved Tian and Lisa, but had a big problem with Crystal. Huh. After the audition, Crystal kind of just disappeared. Oh my God, what happened to Crystal? Where's Crystal? Where's Crystal? <laughs> What did they do to her? What did they do to Crystal? What's in the box? <laughs> it's Crystal. <laughs> Just all of Crystal in the box. Wow, they really shoved her in there. That's wow. They were really, they were really well, wanting to get rid of her. Well, we know what happened to Crystal. She's in the box. Oh, good. Okay. Stay in that box, Crystal. Okay. Just stay there. You're fine. The details are a little murky. Oh, my God. <laughs> they murdered this her. This is a true crime story you didn't see coming. No. <laughs> It's not. not. So one story was that Babyface in L.A. thought Crystal was a weak performer and should be replaced. Another is that Tian and Lisa simply asked her to leave the group. Oh. Yet another is that Pebbles didn't like that Crystal wanted a lawyer to review their contract before signing it and therefore Mm. shoved her out the door. If that's what happened... Crystal was the only smart one. Oh yeah, and man, yeah, because that will come back to haunt them. Or she got shoved in a box. She's in a box. She's in a box somewhere, guys. (laughs) Either way, I mean, I'm gonna assume she's fine. She's fine. Yeah, like she's probably just living her best life somewhere. She either did or she wants to write a tell-all book. So, like, whatever. She's there. She's still alive. She's fine. Great. She's not in a box. She's not in a box, guys. (laughs) Crystal was out and Tian and Lisa were in and they signed that contract that Crystal wanted to go over with a lawyer. After they signed the contracts, they celebrated their soon to be success and celebrations were short lived. However, later the same day that they signed their contracts, Lisa found out that her father was shot and killed in a drunken argument. What? Same day. Crazy. That's a fucking roller coaster of emotion. Mm hmm. Holy shit. Especially, like, because she had a really terrible relationship with her dad. So, like, the feelings? You never really come to terms with those feelings. Yeah, no. Whether you had a good relationship with the deceased parent or not. I think you actually come to a better place if you did have a good relationship with your parent. Did or did not? Did. Oh, yeah. But still, losing a parent is very... Is a well, very and she, difficult And she thing. was still, I mean, like, and the way he died, too, is really insane. I mean, yeah. so he just was in a drunken fight with someone? Yeah, I think he, yeah, he was shot. I think it might have been outside of a bar. I'm not really sure. But, yeah, he got into an argument with somebody and they just shot him in a parking lot. That's awful. Her way of dealing with her father's death was to put everything into making this group work and also drinking a lot. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. I know that feel. Now that Crystal was gone, they needed to find a new third member and quick. Pebbles would find that in Rosanda Ocelian Thomas, she has a very complicated middle name, <laughs> later known as Chili, who is a backup dancer for the group Damien Dame, which happened to be on the face records. 
Rosanna was born on February 27, 1971, and is a native Atlantan. Growing up, Rosanna didn't know her father. All she knew was his name, Abdul Ali, and that he was a soldier in the army. Her mother, Ava Thomas, was only 17 years old when she became pregnant, and Abdul left without even knowing it. Wow. But... Buckets of dad issues. After TLC made it big and everything, Chili went on Sally Jesse Raphael and met her dad. Good job, Sally Jesse Raphael. And found out she has two two brothers and a sister that Aww. she didn't know she had and all that stuff. And it was a very, very sweet clip. I watched it on YouTube. <laughs> nice. Also made me miss Sally Jesse Raphael and her fucking red glasses. SJR, man. She was great. She after knew what was up. Her and Donahue I watched after school sometimes. Even though Donahue's kind of a douche nozzle. He was, oh, he was a definite douche nozzle. Yeah. Not a kind of douche nozzle. A definite douche nozzle. <laughs> Not a regular douche nozzle. A cool douche nozzle. <laughs> He's a rad douche nozzle. <laughs> a rad douche nozzle. Anyway, Rosanda grew up poor with a single mother, and her great-grandmother had a big hand in raising her. Her great-grandmother also introduced her to the Seventh-day Adventist church, for better or worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just leave that there. I'll leave it there. I'm just going to leave that there. In school, Rosanda was often ridiculed because of her looks. Like T-Buzz, she just wasn't black enough for some people. Oh. Her father was of Bengali and Middle Eastern descent while her mother was black, but it was difficult to explain that to her bullies because she didn't know her father. Oh. But, like, even if you did, it's not, like... Guys are Bengali. They'd be like, I don't know what the fuck it is, but fuck you. But that's like pretty awesome. No, that's super awesome, but kids yeah. are dumb and shitty. Yeah. <laughs> the kids can go fuck themselves. Like sorry kids. Y'all can fuck yourselves you can until fuck you're yourselves. adults. Yeah. And you learn not to be an asshole. She persevered through school, however, and enrolled in college after graduating. She intended to study fashion design, but all of that was put on hold when she heard that Pebbles was searching for someone to fill out her new girl group. Girl oh, yeah. group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She hit it off with Tian and Lisa right away and officially signed with the group in April 1991. The contracts the girls signed were for production, management, and publishing deals with Pebitone, Pebbles's management company. Yes. There's a lot of sand pebbles in this. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Drinking game. <laughs> yeah. Go back to the beginning. <laughs> Drink every time you hear pebbles. Yeah. It was a really, really bad contract where Pebbles basically owned everything the girls created, including their name, but the girls didn't even think about it. Yeah, they're young. They're like, what, 18 to 20 like, at this point? Yeah, like I 19, 20. would not have thought of any of this. Yeah, no. In a heartbeat. Like, I would have just said, it doesn't matter. They're not going to screw You're me You're giving over. me a record contract? I get to sing and dance and, like, go on tour with MC Hammer and shit? Yeah, I'm fucking signing you. I'm signing. You're signing. We're all signing. We're all signing this right now. <laughs> I don't even need a lawyer. <laughs> I'm not as smart as Crystal. Yeah, no. Chris- See, Crystal was a fucking smart one, although she ain't the rich one. Ooh, shit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. They were more worried about a different problem. They already had the name TLC, but now that they had a Rosanda, so they had to think of something else. Yeah, I was, I was wondering about this part. They decided to give themselves nicknames that would fit the bill. Tian became T-Boz. Lisa became Left Eye, and Rosanda became Chili, a name that Lisa gave her because she was so hot. I mean, honestly, when you keep telling me that they got made fun of for their looks, I'm like, why? They're gorgeous. Yeah. The three of them are Abraham Lincolns. 
Shawing. Like, seriously, though, they're so attractive. So I'm like, why are people making fun of them? They're gorgeous. I don't know. You're stupid and jealous. Basically, the girls got to work right away on music. Through their deal with Pebitone, they signed with LaFace Records with a distribution deal through Arista Records. And that's a pretty big deal. The list of writers and producers on this album is also impressive. Jermaine Dupree, L.A. Reid and Babyface, Marley Marl, and Dallas Austin. Shit. During recording, a complicated and drawn-out relationship between Chili and Dallas Austin blossomed. Mm. I just think his name is funny. Dallas, Dallas Austin. Austin. Actually, yeah, wait a minute. Did they mean to do that? I don't know. Well, what would have been funnier is if they named him Texas Austin. <laughs> or Austin, Texas. But his name, and then, his last name would have to be Texas. And also, L.A.'s first name is L.A. Like, all of you have names after cities. L.A. is just, like, abbreviation, though. I'm sure it is. For, like, Louis Albatross. <laughs> Albatross? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Louis Albatross. Hi, my name's sure. Louis Albatross. I'll be uh, your it's manager. Name, it's the name my mama gave me. It's the name my mama gave me. <laughs> You can call me Lubatross. Lubatross. <laughs> Although Chili knew Dallas was not the kind of guy to keep it in his pants, and she was constantly jealous of women hanging around him, they continuously broke up and got back together. Girl, why don't you just do just go do just your stop. thing then? Just stop. I mean, if you know he's gonna cheat on you, then just be like, whatever, he's gonna cheat on me, I'll just cheat on him. Yeah, or or just go find somebody else. There's plenty. You're just a baby bird trying to yeah. get your beak wet. Yeah. After recording was over, Chili found out she was pregnant with Dallas's child. Holy shit. Considering she was only 20 years old and on the brink of stardom, this was a pretty compromising position to be in. Yeah. Not as compromising as the one that got her in there. Oh. Oh. Oh my God. Whether Uh. by Dallas Austin himself or her management or the group or whatever, she decided to have an abortion, a decision she later said she regretted. Yeah. I mean, you just, you did what you think you had to do. Yeah. And you can't, I I understand regretting it, but you also can't dwell on it too much. Right. Because I mean, your life you would have, have turned out the work. way it did. Yeah. And I'm not even talking about the stardom, but I think she had a lot of good things happen to her in her life. Right. And she could have easily just as much regretted it if she did have the baby. That's kind of the catch-22 about a situation like that. Like, Especially you're not when you're ha- that young. Yeah, you're not going to be happy with whichever result you pick. Exactly. You're always going to wonder, but what if I didn't do that? There's plenty of big decisions in your life that right. are like that. Right. She barely had time to process the abortion before TLC's first album, Ooh, on the TLC Tip, debuted on February 25th, 1992. Oh. Which is... Happy birthday to me, the day after my birthday. Yeah. But also that album is 28 years old tomorrow tomorrow or yesterday yeah yesterday for you listening 28 yeah and that's a great album by the way yes that is a solid fucking jam indeed what about your friends oh yes oh so good it peaked at only number 14 on the billboard 200 but it would eventually go quadruple platinum you know honestly 14 for a debut from a band nobody really knows that's not bad yeah from like these young women Three young black women. And this was still a little weird for the time. Exactly. So, no, this was good. Yeah. Three top ten singles, Ain't Too Proud to Beg, Mm -mm. Baby, 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 Mm -hmm. and my personal favorite, What About Your Friends? What About Your Friends? But what about them? Catapulted TLC into astronomical levels of popularity. Oh, yeah. 
A big part of their appeal was their image. They were tough and tomboyish, but super fun and accessible. Their message was positive and grounded. They supported safe sex, but weren't overtly sexual at all. Right. Their clothes had the exact opposite appeal. Massively oversized shirts and pants, Doc Martens, bandanas, and giant hats. None of this said, I'm here to corrupt your child's mind. But it also was super trendy. Right. And they also cover themselves in condoms, which is like, yo, safe sex. <laughs> yeah, right. I do believe I had no idea that, that they were condoms. Nope. 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 Just oddly placed polka dots? I, I was, don't know. Yeah, I had no idea what I thought they were, but yeah. I did not think they were condoms. We were too young to know what they were. Their videos were on heavy rotation on MTV, and they were booked for their first national tour opening for MC Hammer. Fuck yes. Their album was selling like hotcakes, so they were thinking, yes, we're millionaires. Yeah, of course. That's it. Wrong. What? Very wrong. No way. The girls were starting to realize their contracts were probably pretty bogus, and they weren't, and they were getting cheated out of money. No way. Because they were like put on a weekly allowance, and it was like, I don't know how true it is, but their uh, their official movie, not the not a documentary. It was like a movie that told the story of TLC, mm-hmm. and it was. It was Basically, their official yeah. one that T-Boz and Chili, and Chili. Were, like, were consulted on. I was going to say, they didn't direct it, but they... No, but they were... I don't think... They didn't write it, but, like, it, they, they told the story. They had the final stay. Yes. Say. Yeah. <laughs> final stay. Um, but in that movie, they said that Pebbles only gave them $25 a week each. What? For whatever they wanted to like, do what, with it. candy and soda? Like, what the fuck can you get for $25? I'm going to get a, a soda and some bazooka. What are you going to get, t Boz? It's about all I can fucking afford. Maybe a can of beans? <laughs> a can of beans? <laughs> They're going to fucking eat it in the campfire outside of their tour bus. Well, you know, fires. One of them's real good at starting them. <laughs> she is. She is, though. Yeah, we haven't gotten there yet. Nope, nope. Spoilers. Their main issue was with Pebbles herself, who seemed to be spending a lot of money, but not paying her clients. Hmm. Hmm. They appealed to L.A. Reid, expressing their dissatisfaction with Pebbles and desire to get a new manager. L.A., even though Pebbles was his wife, mm-hmm. agreed, and although they stayed with Pebatone, Pebbles was removed as their as their manager. Wow. She did, however, retain the right to royalties. Mm. So she was still getting that money. Yeah, but at least like at that point, I would imagine TLC is getting the money as well. You would think. Oh God. But I'm gonna keep that under my belt and uh go on a commercial break. Alright. And then we'll keep on going when we get back all right it's a tasty tasty part when we get back oh my god i'm anticipating (laughs) we'll be right back and we're back we back it's a nice break it was a nice little break. What'd you guys do on your break? We breathed. We breathed. Because <laughs> you can't breathe into these microphones. They just pick up everything. <laughs> so let's let's continue with a very tasty, juicy part of this story. Oh my god. What happened? Is it Crystal? Did she come back out of the box? <laughs> Crystal's out of the box. Crystal in the box. <laughs> Crystal out of the box. These are good horror movies. These are. You could take them, yeah, but credit that, that's us. That's fine. Just say inspired by a true podcast. 
Yeah. So yeah. In the meantime, love was in the air for Lisa. She started dating Andre Rison, mm-hmm. wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons. Football. James Madden. John Madden? John Madden. It's John Madden. Or is it James Madden? No. You confused me yesterday <laughs> with the same thing. It's John Madden. And you Madden. confirmed it was John, John Madden. Madden. I don't know. Football. Anyway, football. Pigskin. Pigskins. Go Pigskins. Yeah. Wow, no, TLC. <laughs> We're good now. Anyway, Lisa and Andre Risen. It was a great, beautiful relationship no, that would it stand the test of time. No. What? Wrong. No way. Their relationship was tumultuous to say the least. From like day one. Day one. They fought constantly and Lisa accused Andre of emotional and physical abuse on countless occasions. But abuse wasn't the only problem the couple had. Andre was extremely possessive of Lisa, but he was also a flirt and a cheater, and Lisa's jealousy and temper was a force to be reckoned with. This this is a real mixture that you don't want. Yeah, this is basically just putting gasoline, just dumping it on that fire you're cooking beans on. <laughs> your, your bean fire. <laughs> you're bean fire's too big. <laughs> That's how you fuck up some beans, man. Yeah. On June 9th, 1994. But wait, didn't she? She did actually call the cops on him a couple times, right? Oh, yeah. Like, she had really. He was actually beating the shit out of her. He was legit abusing her. Yeah. Like, this isn't just like accusations. There is proof. There are. On at least one occasion, she called the cops and, like, filed a restraining order against him or something or he was arrested on domestic abuse Didn't charges. Did he give her a black eye at yeah. one point? Yep. Just, yeah, like he was a fucking garbage person. Yeah. No, he was not a cool dad. He, I don't think he even was a dad. He shouldn't be. He's just garbage. God, he I hope not he's be. not. He shouldn't have kids. He probably does. Lord help them. It's fine. He plays football and as long as he's really good it doesn't matter what he does. I'm pretty sure he... if. He, he had to have retired long ago. Yeah, probably. I don't know. What year is this? 94? This yeah. is 94. No, there's no way he's playing anymore. No, no. He has 20 million concussions now. <laughs> Just dark spots all over yeah, his brain. Basically. On June 9th, 1994, the final straw was had. According to Lisa, they had an intense fight after a night out and Andre mm-hmm. was physically abusing her. Lisa took several pairs of Andre's brand new shoes. Didn't the fight start? Over the shoes? I don't know. I thought I had read or saw like something once where they fought over the shoes because she wanted a oh, pair she of was the pissed. shoes. Yeah, she was pissed off or because he bought either... a shit ton of shoes. Yeah. And she's like, why the fuck do you have all these shoes? They're brand new. How did you get these? And Lisa didn't have any money right. at that point. So like she was kind of relying on Andre for money. Yeah. Money. Money. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. But Jenna, can Jenna. you give me some money? <laughs> yeah. We're not talking about Forrest Gump. We're talking about Forrest Gump. talking about shoes. Yes. But so, I just wanted to yeah. clarify. I, I feel like that was even like how the argument initially started too. It could have been. There are differing stories That's everywhere. fair. So... I just diplomatically said she just took the shoes. She just she took the shoes. She took the shoes, brand new shoes, Mm -hmm. threw them in the tub, Mm -hmm. doused them in lighter fluid, and set them on fire. She didn't anticipate that the fiberglass tub would melt, 
allowing the fire to spread. <laughs> and you know what she did? What'd she do? Lisa, Lisa Dunn burned the <laughs> house down! She did, though. She burned the she house burned down. She burned the house down! Lisa Dunn burned the house down! And that is our favorite thing to say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, we've been waiting for like over two years to say yeah. that. Yeah. It's, it was good. Yeah. Lisa Dunn burned the house down. She did, though. Like, legit. That was everywhere. Yeah. It was big fucking news. If you Google Andre Risen's house, you will see. A house on fire. It's not even on fire. It's just half of a house because it was on fire and now it's half gone. Oh, my God. I've she never seen the remnants. legit burned the whole fucking house down. Well, he deserves it. Stop buying all those fucking shoes, man. Stop beating the shit out of her. Maybe oh, maybe that's what she can do. I'm pretty sure she's just an irrational woman, Ashley. She's just having her period. She's just she's on hysterical. Her she's hysterical. No. Like Jennifer Lopez, she had enough. Enough was based on Lisa. Wait, was it? No. <laughs> fake news. Get in here first, fake kids. News. We're here for all your fake news needs. Anyway, Lisa was subsequently arrested and charged with first degree arson, but nobody fucking arrested Andre for buying too many shoes. Also, nobody arrested Andre any of the times that she was like, Hey, he's beating me. Can I have a restraining once. order, please? He did once. As far as I know, there was one oh, like, like documented time when he was arrested for domestic violence. Yes. <laughs> May I have one restraining order, please? May I have another? <laughs> no. You get arrested this time. <laughs> God damn it. This is some bullshit. It was accidental arson. It re- I mean, the shoes were intentional. She intentionally set the shoes on oh, fire. Oh, yeah, but she didn't want to burn she the house down. She didn't want to done burn the house down. No. So she was convicted and sentenced to five years of probation and was forced to go to rehab for her alcoholism. Which, okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. The rehab was actually a halfway house where she underwent therapy and that had a huge impact on her. Oh. Not good. enough to get away from Andre, though. The couple reconciled and continued to date off and on for seven years. Come on, why? And nobody was like, hmm, maybe we shouldn't, like, put this in magazines and newspapers and stuff. And celebrate it and be joyous. It's almost like, you know, when a famous person beats up their also famous, you know, significant other, Mm -hmm. maybe we should all, I don't know, hold them accountable and not keep celebrating them. Like they're a really and not good musician. Just report on it to really... sell magazines yeah. and stuff and, and get like, clicks. And when they get back together, you're like, oh my God, how are they back together? Oh my God, she forgave him. Oh my God, what is this? Like maybe we should actually, I don't know, give a shit about someone's safety and, and well being. Hold somebody accountable for their shitty actions. No, they can still be famous musicians. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, hey. I'm talking about you, Chris Brown. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. You're a piece of fucking garbage. And, like, I don't understand Chris Brown apologists, but you're cool. Whatever. Go for it. Some shitty things about that in particular is that when we continuously give attention to these people and essentially forgive them for the bullshit, like, mm. we, we've we basically forgiven him for beating the shit out of Rihanna. Yeah. When we I mean, do that, that makes it so much easier for people like Rihanna to continue going back to him. Yeah. Which is what she did. Yeah. And the same with, and here's, again, the same thing with Lisa. Yeah. 
Nobody stepped in. like, what are you doing? Yeah, nobody focused on the fact that she burned his house down because he was beating the shit out of her. Yeah. Everyone just focused on crazy Lisa burning houses down. Yeah, she just must be on her period. (laughs) Moon blood. (laughs) She howling at the moon when she did it? Jesus. Like, stop thinking things like that and think about why she fucking did it. Yeah there's got to be a reason it's not just because she's an arsonist yeah it's- maybe if somebody abuses their significant other they should suffer re- real repercussions yeah maybe 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 like an nfl player shouldn't be allowed to come and play if they're going to like abuse and kill people and animals yeah if you want to know why we don't watch football <laughs> there's a list also concussions like stop black spots all over your brain black spots black spots while Lisa was in rehab, the group went back into the studio to record Crazy Sexy Cool, which turned out to be an even bigger hit for them. The album was released on November 15th, 1994, to huge success. Oh my God. Huge praise. That And massive album. radio and MTV play. That album is an iconic album. Yeah. Like that for, I, I feel like for everybody growing up in the 90s. I remember my sister playing this album like repeatedly. Oh, for every evening, yeah. all evening. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god, no. I listened to the cassette tape constantly. Yep. I had the cassette tape. Cassettes. Remember those? I do. Imagine. Oh, just a- <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here, kids. I told you, don't come back till you're grown up. Fucking children. Worldwide sales for Crazy Sexy Cool tipped over to 23 million copies. Yeah. It Sounds produced right. three top five hits and two number one hits, Creep and, of course, Waterfalls, which is arguably the group's biggest hit. I mean, like, I guess... Nobody's going to argue with me about no. that. No, I was going to say, that's that's a pretty definitive. Yeah. Yeah. The music video is iconic, and the song's message, which deals with gang violence and HIV AIDS, still resonates today. And the girls were tackling more grown-up issues on this album, and their image reflected that. Gone were the cartoonish oversized tomboy clothes, Mm -hmm. and in came sexier outfits and impeccable makeup. Oh my god. This hotter image boosted T-Boz's self-esteem at a critical time. Her health continued to go downhill. Mm. She said the anemia was making her lose so much weight that she would wear multiple multiple pairs of pants just to make it look like she had hips. Oh my god. And when, I forgot to put this in my notes, I don't know why, but when they were on tour with MC Hammer... That was the first time the girl saw her have this really bad attack um, caused by her sickle cell cell anemia. Oh, my God. She collapsed backstage before a show, Mm -hmm. and they had no idea what was wrong because she never told anybody that she had the the condition. So... What? that's something you tell people that's something you tell you, people you wear a medical bracelet for that shit yeah you get that like tattooed on your chest or something i don't know but eh, in the early 90s like nobody knew what the fuck that was i guess so you're you're not wearing and she a bracelet probably figured at this point in her life like she'd been doing fine she was young she could control it and she didn't want anybody like babying her about it she didn't want anybody making concessions for her she wanted to pull her own weight just like everybody else was good for her but also take care of yourself yeah you don't want to collapse on tour and everybody say what happened and then end up in the hospital and probably create more problems for you and the group because you're stuck in a hospital yeah 
Waterfalls was written by Lisa along with collaborators Marquise Etheridge and Organized Noise. However, Lisa didn't have a whole lot of input into the album as a whole. She was in rehab during recording, so she wasn't there to collaborate. This led to some tension within the group. Oh. With Lisa feeling left out and like her ideas weren't being acknowledged. More like Lisa left out Lopez, am I right? Wow! Nevertheless, Crazy Sexy Cool won the girls two Grammys, but that night, those wins were not what made headlines. Everyone was talking about their backstage speech in which they finally told the media about their money woes. They literally told reporters that they entered into an unfair record contract, and while they were busting their asses to have the careers they have, they were still quote-unquote broke as broke can be. Yeah, so they're out here finally exposing... Not, yeah. I mean, not like they're the first, but they're people, they're artists who are exposing how Con- fucked up the industry is. That contracts are not fair at and, all. And the artist rarely is the one that benefits the most. And they will rarely speak out about that because right. they're afraid to lose what little they do have. Yeah. And I think they're uh, either their manager or L.A. Reid himself was like there just off camera oh while they God. were making this speech and a reporter pointed it out they're like they're standing right there and they're like we don't fucking care this our record contract is bullshit and we're not making any money we like can-, can you see this is the most successful album probably of the 90s yeah there's they were standing there each of them holding two grammys and they're like we these things prove that we have successful careers and yet we don't have the money to show it yeah we're still like getting by week by week just exactly barely, That's barely. they were so broke that on Jul- <laughs> how broke were they <laughs> i'm sorry do you wonder that again <laughs> they were so broke how broke were they <laughs> that on july 3rd 1995 tlc officially filed for bankruptcy what? they even had to borrow fifteen thousand dollars each from andre risen to file the bankruptcy papers I mean, I guess. And isn't for it once, ironic? Andre came in. Isn't it ironic that you have to pay fifteen thousand dollars to file for bankruptcy? Don't you think? Yeah, it yeah. is ironic. It's That's like, not just a bummer. That's it's like ironic. Paying fifteen thousand dollars to file for bankruptcy <laughs> that you had to borrow from your friend's abuser, and it really sucks. There's a shitty situation that we never should have been in. And who would have thought <laughs> it figures? It also do- a very it, big album of the 90s. It does figure. <laughs> Doesn't it? It really does figure. <laughs> Doesn't it figure? Yeah. <laughs> Much like everyone else at the time, you're probably saying to yourself, they're an insanely successful musical act. How did they find themselves so destitute that they had to file for bankruptcy? Well, let's talk about the contract. Let's, let's go into it. Well, the main reason was that they had terrible contract with LaFace that only gave them 56 cents per album sold. Which I'm they, sorry. Which they had to split three ways. I'm sorry. I'm just sorry. <laughs> P- period. I don't. Not even a comma. That's a period. I don't even know. Yeah. Ha- that's. Yeah. So. F- Yo, albums were like 20 bucks back then. Yeah. And they got even the 56 cents. Cents. So 56 cents, you say? That sounds entirely minuscule. And you're right. <laughs> it is. For those that might not know how album sales work, here's a quick breakdown of the album sale um, revenues in TLC's case. Welcome to the breakdown. (laughs) This is the good part of the song. (laughs) There are 100 points assigned to each individual album sold. 
Points are assigned to different people that worked on the album or touched it in some way. That means the artists, producers, session musicians, the record label managers, the mixers, the engineers, everyone like that gets points. Wow. Each point equals eight cents. TLC, as a group, got seven points per album. Eight times seven equals 56 cents. Math. Math. We did it. So if they sold 10 million albums, that equals $5.6 million total. Okay. That sounds like a lot. Mm-hmm. But LaFace, Arista, and Pepitone forced the group to pay rep- recuperations, meaning TLC had to pay them back for the cost of recording, manufacturing, and distributing the album. I know how you're looking at me right now. As well as touring and extraneous expenses like air travel, food, clothing, music videos, hair, makeup, and so on. Everything that they paid for for TLC, TLC was made to pay back. So basically everything they made everything. went right back into their pockets. Went right back to the record to, uh, label. To Law Faces. La, fa- La Faces and Pepitone. La Faces and Pepitone's pockets. <laughs> yeah. Pepitone shouldn't even be a fucking factor anymore. Yeah. So that left them with $2.6 million after paying everybody back okay. what they needed to pay back. Well... Now they have to pay taxes on that. And their tax bracket is in the 48th percentile. Right. That well, left... it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> that left them with $1.3 million split three ways, which equals $43,333 each for one year salary. But that's not all. They still have to pay their managers and they were in the midst of legal battles with Pebbles. So they were actually in the red for hundreds of thousands of dollars. They were negative, like, almost a half a million dollars. So you know how I was saying before we started that, like, my stomach was feeling better, (laughs) my hangover was going, it's all back. It all came back. It all came rushing back. It's all coming back to you now. Yeah, it is. Another big album of the 90s. (laughs) So, I mean, even even if they just got that net income after they paid LaFace and Pepitone and everything, still... $43,000 $43,000 each not, is, is not, nothing. I make more than we, that. And I, I have make, an office job. Yeah, we both definitely make more I than that. I am a public servant and I make more than that. We are not creatives that anyone gives a shit about. Right. Uh, except we have this podcast. Yeah. And this <laughs> certainly does not make us any money. Truth. The girls found a new manager that actually gave a shit about them. Oh. Though legal troubles with Pebbles lasted for over two years. Wait a minute. Do you think after they made that announcement on the Grammys, just managers were coming through the woodwork like, hey, I'll save you. I'll hey, save hey, you. Hey, hey, girl. Hey, sup, girl. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. What's up, babe? Hey, babe. I'm totally going to get you out of this. Hey, doll. We're going to do this together. Got you and me. <laughs> the legal battles resulted in their contract with LaFace being renegotiated and the contract with Pebitone getting ripped up. Though Good. Pebbles... Again, retained royalties on future releases. Like, if you want to give them to her on past releases, fine. But future, like, go fuck yourself, Pebbles. Like, I now I don't like your music. Go fuck yourself. And also, your husband is the head of the record company. He's still getting money. You are arguably a musician of sorts, right? Go do your own thing. Stop fucking piggybacking off other she's people. at least a manager. She's managing other acts. Yeah, so fucking knock it off. Get out of here. Get out of here, Pebbles. Who's, what fucking name is Pebbles, anyway? Where's Bam Bam, Pebbles? <laughs> yeah, you can Bam Bam your ass on out of here. 
<laughs> but I do want some fruity pebbles. <laughs> Ew, no. Yeah. I don't like cereal. I love cereal. So the yeah, the girls found themselves a new manager, blah blah blah. Their new manager got a meeting. Their new manager immediately got them on a new tour and actually generated revenue and managed to get them out of the hole that they were in. What? Imagine that, a manager doing its job. What? They continued working, making music pretty much anywhere someone would let them. They recorded the theme to the Nickelodeon show All That. Oh. And appeared on the thoroughly superb Waiting to Exhale soundtrack. Oh my god. God, that's such a good soundtrack, though. One of the best soundtracks that has ever existed. Naughty. I've never even seen the movie. I don't, I don't need to. I don't need to. I got the soundtrack. Yeah. I got Whitney. I got Shaka Khan. Got some Tony. I got TLC. I got Tony. I Ugh. got all them shits. Got all them shits. It's so good. Meanwhile, Chili and Dallas Austin's on and off again relationship was on and was soon turning into a family. On okay. June 2nd, 1997, Chili gave birth. Gave birth. She was pregnant. She was pregnant, and she gave birth to their son Tron. But the relationship. I'm sorry. What's his name? Tron. Like the Disney movie. Yes. Okay. Was it originally a Disney movie? The original Tron. I believe so. From like the really? 80s. Yeah. 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 Oh, all right. News they, to me. They named him after a Disney movie. Yeah. Good for them. I like it. Okay. Choices. <laughs> but the relationship finally ended for good shortly after his birth. And on T-Buzz's end, her health wasn't getting any better, and she could see it in her face, which inspired her to write the song Unpretty. Unpretty would appear on TLC's third album, Fan Mail. They decided to give it that name as a tribute to all of their amazing fans that stuck by them through all the bullshit of the previous few years. The mail they would get from fans was a huge inspiration and helped keep them going through all their legal troubles. Hmm. They even put the names of hundreds of fans on the album artwork. Oh, that's awesome. I actually never saw the artwork for the album, so. I don't think I have either. Maybe? That's great. I did not buy this album. I didn't buy it either. I'm pretty sure I was thoroughly into the new metal oh, at we this were point. Oh, definitely in the new I metal. Really liked, I really liked the video for, like, No Scrubs and stuff. I liked the futuristic thing that they were oh, doing. Yeah. Because this futuristic thing was an idea that Lisa had very early on in their oh. career. She wanted to do this futuristic shit back, like, when they first got Chili in the group. I wonder if she saw the movie Tron. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she suggested that for a name. You know, Tron's a cool name. Now I just have this whole canon of, like, Lisa's, like, I'm going to get one of them in their Kidtron. I love that movie. It's the best Disney movie. They won't Disney listen movie. to my fucking ideas. I'll get them name their Kidtron. Yeah. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And she did First, it. I'm going to burn this house down. <laughs> but, let, but first. But first, let, let me, me burn, burn this, this house, house down. down. <laughs> then I'm going to get you to name your Kidtron. I'm going to let you burn this house down. But first, <laughs> let me get you to name your Kidtron. Right? I mean, I really like this canon we've come up for Lisa. <laughs> she's she inter she's an interrupting Kanye before Kanye was Kanye. Yes, but also much better at yeah. it. Yeah. Definitely. Oh. I remember the music video for Unpretty too though. It was very sweet. And also kind of reminded me of Butterfly <laughs> by Crazy Town. Because it had like the same like jungly backyard meadow oh, kind yeah. of thing with when butterflies and stuff. Yeah, you're right. But there, I just remember the we'd have the different scenarios of women who were doing things to themselves to make themselves prettier. Yes. And I remember the boob job one and it terrified me. And that was what made me, besides the fact that I've got big jugs already, yeah. was like, I'm never getting a boob job. 
Oh, yeah. Because no. you see, like, the part where they pull the silicone out because I think it got infected oh, or something. Yeah, that's right. Holy shit. Terrifying. That was pretty terrifying. And I was like, I do remember watching that and being like, this is a bit too real for me. Terrifying. They started work on fan mail in April 1998, but work was delayed due to friction with Dallas Austin. <sighs> friction it's not was, even a clever name anymore. It's not. You're just dumb. <laughs> friction was inevitable considering Dallas's outrageous demands. $4.2 million and full creative control. Wait, what is... Uh, is like, how still, dare you? Is he still helping to write at this point? Yeah, he is, but like $4.2 million? And full creative control? Do you really think they'd go for that? Nah. No can no, do. No, no can do. No, they'll haul out that shit. They're three strong, independent women. They don't need you, <laughs> Dallas Austin. Why don't you go get your ass back to Houston? <laughs> I believe it's Fort Worth. <laughs> fair but yeah we all know by now that tlc was not down with someone else having full control over their music no. even a longtime friend like dallas legal battles ensued and recording was put on hold in the meantime the girls worked on other projects chili and t-boss worked on the films have plenty and belly respectively and lisa started her own production company called left eye productions she signed another female r&b group called black spelled B-L-A-Q-U-E. Oh. Who released a platinum-selling album under her supervision. Uh, Lisa also starred in and hosted the MTV reality show called The Cut, where bands, singers, pop acts competed for a record deal and music video. I actually vividly remember this show. Oh, I don't. I don't know why, but I really liked it. (laughs) And I watched the whole thing. There's an aspect of it that would be interesting. Yeah. I really liked the, the... group that won and the runner up i don't know if you remember her but it was anastasia yeah vaguely yeah she was the runner up and she ended up having like a big career kind of on the same vein as uh robin i think yeah but she was more popular in europe than she was here seems to be accurate yeah yeah and lisa also started diving into her family history trying to find a connection with her deceased father through his connections to honduras where they have family Mm mm-hmm Eventually, TLC started working with other producers to get their new album recorded and finally released Fan Mail in February 1999. I remember that. The songs No Scrubs and Unpretty scored the girls a third and fourth number one single. Nice. If you want to hear more about No Scrubs, you can listen to our Now That's What I Call Music episode from last year. Because we talked about that a bit. We did. While doing press for the album, Lisa expressed that she felt stifled in TLC and wished to do more of her own thing. Since she was in rehab for a lot of recording for Crazy Sexy Cool and she was reduced to only doing raps and fan mail, she felt her input was severely diminished. Yeah, that's fair. Was there still tension around this with the group? Oh, yeah. Hmm. I feel like, I don't know what the ages are, but from what I had seen of like, you know, the behind the music or any interviews, it always kind of felt to me that like Chili and T-Boss kind of treated Left Eye like a little sister. Yeah, but at the same time, Lisa kind of acted, like, younger than them. She was, like, the -the off-the-wall bonkers kind of little sister. Right. And T-Boz and Chili were the more mature older sisters that kind of just, like, well, we can't control her. She's going to do whatever she wants to do, blah, blah, blah. But behind the scenes, like, Left Eye was getting really annoyed and just pissed off because she felt like she wasn't being heard right and that's fair 
Yeah, I mean, totally she's, fair. She's clearly got enough creative talent. Why don't you get, yeah. let her have a little bit more control? Yeah. And they were finally doing that intergalactic idea with the No Scrubs video, but that wasn't enough for Lisa. She still felt that the group asked for and implemented her ideas, but didn't allow her equal opportunity to express herself within the group. Mm. Not helping matters was her new relationship with a dude called Marshall Lorenzo Martin. Okay. This guy was 100% a bad influence on Lisa, giving her advice on everything from hair and makeup to her business decisions. Mm, I don't think you get to dabble in all of that. Yeah, no. He continuously fed her lines that she was better than T-Boz and Chili and that they didn't give a shit about her and goaded her into pursuing a solo career. Yeah, let me tell you about how if somebody's in your life and they're telling you that people who have been in your life for a long time are no good and bad for you and they don't like you, respect you. Yeah. Let me tell you how this is a bad idea. Let me tell you how, yeah, they're probably not great for you. Yeah. Probably want whatever you have, whatever success you have so they can just Ride them coattails. Mm. Yeah. In late 1999, Vibe magazine published a statement from Lisa where she said she no longer she could no longer stand behind TLC 100% because she felt the music wasn't hers. T-Boz and Chili responded in Entertainment Weekly saying, quote, left eye is only concerned about left eye. And Entertainment Weekly published Lisa's reply. Oh, my God. <laughs> a derisive letter. F- uh, p- nope. A derisive letter targeting Chili and T-Boz. Quote, I challenge Tion Player Watkins and Rosanda Hater Thomas oh my God. to an album entitled The Challenge, a three CD set that contains three solo albums. Each album will be due to the record label by October 1st, 2000. I also challenge producer Dallas The Manipulator Austin. And she's to, not wrong about that she's one. not wrong. To produce all of the material and do it at a fraction of his normal rate. As I think about it, I'm sure LaFace would not mind throwing in a $1.5 million prize for the winner. Okay, now we're, now we're going to look. Because here's the thing. When you first start saying, like, that actually sounds really cool. Like a three CD set and each of them do their own solo <laughs> but thing. But then like, you're like, really oh, cool. she's being mean. <laughs> and then, like, she gets to the LaFace part and I'm like... I mean, I guess I don't have any problem with her bashing Dallas because fuck him. Yeah. But then I'm like, oh, I think... All right, well, this stopped being a really cool idea. Yeah, this isn't this fun isn't anymore. A fun, cool idea anymore. Lisa, you're, <laughs> you're burning the house down again. Yeah, they should have just called it, are we having fun yet? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> are you, what is with the dad jokes tonight? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, the challenge never happened, obviously. Yeah, unfortunately. I think, I think in general, the challenge would have been cool. It could have been cool if they were, like, good-hearted about it yeah. but no no i know that's it's not coming yeah. from a good place it's coming from malice yeah and the feud finally died down when marshall exited stage right someone not entirely sure who found out that marshall was married and told lisa how she didn't know i don't know so motherfucker was married yeah he was fucking married and lisa didn't know and somebody found out and told her good i mean i'm glad somebody told her but also like come on but also how did you not know and is his wife okay with this like i have a lot of questions that's the thing i I were they in on it together oh maybe what what was the deal with this guy i I have so many questions he was probably like really good at hiding it be like oh baby i just got some business i gotta take care of i'll be right back yep okay i have to go home to my family (laughs) yeah drop off some money to my wife and kids get some diapers yeah gross she promptly separated from him, and yep. the ladies went about their business, albeit separately. 
They continued to perform as TLC, but each member had their own solo agenda. I mean, that kind of just happens, too, in groups. Right. Especially after you have this much success. Yeah, I mean, they kind of made it. And they're and like, three albums. What can you do? Well, let's see what I can do on my own. T-Boz, for one, found out that she was Pergan and Ant around Yay. the beginning of 2000. Her father was rapper Mac 10. Her father. I was like, wait. The father <laughs> was rapper Mac 10, whom she'd been dating for a while when she found out about the baby. Nice. It was a pretty miraculous accident as T-Boz was told since she was a kid that she'd never be able to have children, let alone live till the age of 30. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It was a dismal childhood. (laughs) The 80s weren't a good time for anybody. Still, T-Boz and Mac-10 married on August 19th, 2000, and their daughter Chase was born prematurely a few months later on October 20th. They would eventually divorce in 2004, with T-Boz alleging abuse at the hands of Mac-10. Can we stop hitting women? That'd be great. That would just be fucking wonderful. Can we all just stop hitting each other? That'd be great if we could just throw that out there. At the same time, Lisa was busy recording a solo album called Supernova. It was initially released in Europe, but sales were poor. Consequently, the U.S. release of the album was canceled. What was successful was her collab with Mel C. of Spice Girls. Hell yeah. Their song, Never Be the Same Again, reached number one around the globe. I don't remember that song. I don't either. I don't think it was number one in the U.S. (laughs) <laughs> so around the globe, except here. Except here. Because why would we pick a good song I to be know. played here? I mean, like, what was this? You said 2001? Two, yeah, no. Mm, yeah, about 2000-ish. Okay. 2000, 2001. All right. So, I mean, like, we're getting to the point where it's like, I'm sorry, is this is this butt rock? Yeah. Is this Black Eyed Peas? Yeah, I don't want it. <laughs> but I, I believe this is also around the time when Chili started dating Usher. And Ooh. that was, like, the big thing. Mm-hmm. Because then he came out with Confessions, and everybody thought that Confessions was all about Chili, but it wasn't about Chili. I didn't know that, actually. Well, I mean, there's nothing to know, because it wasn't about Chili. These aren't his confessions. Despite the disappointment of her first album, Lisa started working on a second one. At this point, she was no longer a solo artist with Arista, but rather signed a solo deal with Death Row Records. Oh, that's right! And in the strangest, yet most awesome-sounding collaboration ever... She began work on the album with David motherfucking Bowie. What? Yeah. What? She started working with David Bowie. I'm sorry, what? David Bowie. That sounds amazing. Bowie, comma, David. Where is this? (laughs) I want it. I know. It never happened. Flipping tables. (laughs) I'm leaving. She's mad. She, you gonna burn a house down? I'm gonna not mine. I'm. No, I am renting. No, you're. You're gonna go find Andre Risen and burn his house down. Where does I Andre Risen live? I'm burning his house down. This is for Lisa. And also the fact that I will never get a fucking duet with her and David Bowie, and it would be fucking oh. amazing. Just the thought of it is mind blowing. I wish you never told me that. I'm very sorry. At the same time, TLC's manager negotiated a short tour in Europe and Japan that would generate $25 million for them. Ooh-ee. However, Lisa turned it all down. She needed, quote, spiritual healing time with a previously planned trip to Honduras. I mean, all right. She was, like, doing a lot of spiritual stuff at this point, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, she was really trying to work on herself. This was, yeah. like, her growing up 
time. Yeah, this was her, I need to find my shit and exactly. like fix everything and, and figure out what's going on she and she kind of came back from the whole alcoholism thing and she's like i've got to do some self-searching she was taking her shit mm-hmm. she was getting it all together oh yeah it was all there she was putting it in a backpack the nicest backpack and bringing it to the shit store yep or the shit museum and then to the shit museum she was just getting it together yeah her shit was together she got her shit together she did and during that trip she filmed a documentary that explored her spirituality and familial connection to the country. Mm-hmm. And just as Lisa was rebuilding her relationship with her bandmates, a series of events would change everyone's lives forever. Lisa was in Honduras for a second visit when on April 6, 2002, at around 9 p.m., Lisa, her personal assistant, and a couple others were driving in Honduras when their vehicle struck and killed a 10-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. That boy, Baron Isal Fuentes Lopez, was walking along the roadside with his sisters when Lisa's assistant, who was driving, hit him. Lisa was incredibly distraught over the incident. She paid for the boy's medical care and funeral expenses and mourned the boy's loss with his family. No one blamed her or her assistant for the boy's death, but of course she still felt immense guilt. Right. I mean, how can you not? Right. But apparently... That was something that kids in Honduras did a lot. They would walk at night along the road and yeah. people just kind of knew to look out for them. Um, and I guess the roads in Honduras are notoriously like really bad yeah. and extremely windy and sharp I've turns and everything. bits of her documentary. Yeah. And yeah, they show them driving around and those aren't like real it's roads. Scary. You have to have a Jeep or some kind of off-roading vehicle. You can't have a, re- there's no regular cars. They are yeah. all road cars, cars made for off-roading. Yeah. Um, they're really just paths. Yeah. like It's not a road at there's all. There's no, it. If you're thinking of like a regular paved two lane road with shoulders on either side, that ain't like, it. Nah, it's not it. There's no shoulder. There's barely enough room for two vehicles. Yeah. So yeah, it's nuts. And it's pretty easy to just go fast at night because there's nobody else really around. And if you don't know there's going to be kids out, you're not going to know to look for that. Right. That being said, only two weeks later, another tragedy occurred. On April 25th, 2002, Lisa was driving a rented Mitsubishi SUV down a road in La Ceiba, Honduras. A disabled truck was stopped in the road. She swerved left to avoid the truck, then immediately swerved right to avoid an oncoming car. She lost control of her SUV, which rolled several times before hitting two trees. Lisa died instantly from a fractured spine and open cerebral trauma, which basically means that some kind of object was like driven into her brain at a high velocity and caused a severe head injury. I didn't know that happened. A cameraman and her younger sister were in the car at the time and both survived with minimal injuries. The cameraman was filming at the time of the accident, so everything was caught on film. After her death, the documentary The Last Days of Left Eye was released and included the footage the cameraman caught during the accident. Oh, my God. Yeah. Did you watch it? I did not watch it. I don't know if I could. I want to because I want I'm very curious to see. I mean, I, I could probably watch everything up, up to, to that, that point. Yeah. I don't think I could watch. I meant like, yeah, the actual scene. I probably have a hard time watching her with the like going to. There's oh, like a scene the... where she 
they show her going to the funeral home to pick out the kid's casket. So I don't know if I would be able to watch that. But That's like, you have to be in a mode for that movie. Oh, yeah. You have to know you're going to be like probably a little bit traumatized by the end of it. Yeah. That's Jesus Christ. Yeah. I didn't realize. I actually was always like, damn, like, how did she die instantly? But a lot of other people survived. I think it was just the the way that like she hit the tree. When I didn't realize that she actually ended up with so many injuries. Well, and something actually going into her skull. I don't know if it. I just like like an actual like straight to the head. Yeah. Like, I think it was straight to the head and forceful enough that it caused like a gaping open wound (gasps) in her head yeah i mean yeah yeah whether it was yeah it wasn't like a crowbar straight through her skull or anything it was just a very severe open wound in her head oh my god like that's oh yeah i didn't realize that happened yeah that's yeah yeah and she basically snapped her neck so jesus but she died instantly which is kind of a blessing yeah i mean if you're gonna at least it, don't feel anything. Yeah. Don't have to deal with the pain or the scariness of everything. Exactly. Jesus. Chili and T-Boz were understandably distraught over Lisa's death. Chili in particular stated she drove into a deep depression for a while. And they knew they couldn't stop, though. They had an obligation to fans. And honestly, sometimes work helps get you out of your depression. Yeah. Before Lisa died, she'd already finished her vocals on two songs for a new TLC album. Using those vocals, along with vocals recorded for two other unreleased songs, TLC put together a new album. 3D was released on November 12, 2002. It did well, going two times platinum, hmm. but didn't match the success of their previous records. Maybe people were still just too sad over Lisa's death to embrace yeah. a new TLC album without her. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, the post-death uh, Freddie Mercury al- uh, Queen album after Freddie Mercury mm-hmm. died, that didn't do as well. But yeah. you'd think it would because... Everyone is like, oh shit, more And there's music. still there's still some vocals, like it's still them, but... Right. Yeah, maybe there's something about post-mortem that makes people just too sad. Maybe. Because Queen released that years later. So I just wonder if maybe there's just something about when somebody's dead, you're like, I can't. Or it's just it's just not the same without them. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I get that. I yeah. get it no matter what. Yeah. In 2006, T-Boz's health took a scary turn. Hmm. Not only was she still dealing with the ups and downs of anemia, but she was now diagnosed with a brain tumor. What? Yeah. She said it happened really fast. All of a sudden, all of her senses just stopped working. She couldn't see, hear, talk, or walk on her own. And it took three years to recover from it. Holy shit, brain tumors are no fucking joke, though. Yeah, and reading about hers scared the living shit out of me. Right. Because she said that she would get really, really bad headaches. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she just assumed that they were headaches. Or so migraines or something. Migraines yeah. or whatever. I get really bad migraines all the fucking time. Right. So hearing other people's stories about, like, having brain tumors and shit, and she said, she said, that she couldn't walk or speak or anything like that. And that happened to me once. So. I mean, doesn't hurt to go to the doctor. It, yeah, go to the doctor. <laughs> you go to the doctor, just be like, hey, this happened to me once. Do you want to, like, do a brain scan? That'd be great, thanks. That'd be wonderful. 
Also, the girls got into the reality TV business again in recent years. Oh, yeah. With T-Boz doing the short-lived show Totally T-Boz <laughs> in 2012. I wonder if it was short-lived because that's a terrible name. Totally T-Boz. Hey, doll. You have to flip your hair when you say it. Totally T-Boz. It documented her health issues and trying to reconnect with her father, but after six episodes, she decided to call it quits. Oh, okay. At least she she made that choice. Yeah. So that's not bad. While T-Boz was doing that, Chili doubled down on her Seventh Day Adventist stuff. Okay. She's apparently involved with Seventh Day Adventist TV programming and was has recently become close with Doug Batchelor, host of the <laughs> propaganda show Amazing Facts and clear winner in every Lurch lookalike contest that ever existed. He's a scary looking motherfucker with an eyebrow ridge for days and a super creepy mustache. Doug Bachelor? Doug Bachelor. Okay. Yeah, don't watch Amazing Facts. It's fucking garbage. Is it is it all just bullshit? It's all fucking bullshit. Cool. Sorry, Chili. Sorry, but no. On June 30th, 2017, TLC's self-titled fifth album was released. Hmm. And this is supposedly the group's last album. However, they've lied about that shit before. Because in the last however many years since Lisa died, it's like every few years they're like, yeah, we're not doing TLC anymore. And then a year later, they'd be like, we're back. Huh. And they keep doing the, like, I Love the 90s tours and stuff like that. Right. So they say it's their last album. Well, once but... you get Hologram Left Eye up there, they're yeah. going to be touring for years. They're doing Hologram Whitney Houston. So yeah. we'll talk about that. If you're a Patreon member. You get to hear us talk about that. Yeah. Our thoughts. But yeah. So we'll see if TLC is really gone forever. I mean, they're always kind of around. Yeah. They're they're always in our hearts. God, they have a really tumultuous story. And when we think about them, it makes us want to fart. Say right or pay the price. Fine. <laughs> but yeah, uh, damn, that is a. I feel kind of just kind of here now. It's a yeah, grounding just story. Yeah, kind of floating, a little bit. Limbo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. This the Lisa left eye death was really sad for us because we grew up with that i always with her i and i always associate her death with Aaliyah's because they were very similar and a very around the same time yeah late 90s early 2000s and i feel like they both died in vehicular accidents of some sort that probably could have been prevented that could certainly have been prevented absolutely both of them yeah because Aaliyah died in a plane crash because they overloaded her plane. Yep. Because they didn't want to take two of them. It could have easily taken two. Yeah. Guys, it's okay to be safe. <laughs> be safe, not sorry. Just be fucking safe. Just be fucking safe. Um, it's fine. But yeah, too many young R&B singers died very close together. Yeah. sad. It is. It's, and yeah, it was during our childhood, so that stuck with us. Yeah. For sure, and you think they're not that much older than us, right? Actually, no, they were. They were well. <laughs> they're over 10 they're in years their fifties now, so yeah, they're a bit wow. older than us. Yeah, damn, good for them. Or they'll be turning fifty this year. 50 Something like that. Yeah, yeah. There's about like a thirteen year gap between us. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, good for them. Yeah. I hope uh, T-Boss and Chili 
They're you doing know. good, though. Yeah, they're doing good. They're doing good. T-Boz is healthier, much healthier than she was before. Yeah, I mean, science has gone and, such a far away now. Uh, Chili still looks exactly the way she did when she was 18. Well, so, <laughs> And you know what the best part is? Crystal got out of the box. <laughs> and Crystal's out of the box. Guys, Crystal's out of the box. That's all that matters. <laughs> she did it. Crystal's the clear winner in this story. <laughs> I mean, I don't, maybe, I don't know if I'd see anyone I one. I don't know. If she puts out that book or if she has that book out, I want to read it. Yeah. I don't really know what she would talk about after she left TLC. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. Now I want to know. Kind of. Maybe I'll just read it in the bookstore. I'll yeah. be that guy who just like gets a couple coffees and sees where it goes. <laughs> it's fine. Anyway, thanks for listening. <laughs> we love you and appreciate you so much. And we hope you enjoyed this tale of TLC. Yeah. Especially if, you know, that was a crucial part of your childhoods like it was ours. There's There were a lot more um, elements to it than I remember there being. Yeah. So, but then again, their Behind the Music came out like... Right after they filed for bankruptcy, <laughs> I thought it came, uh, they redid it though again right after Left Eye died. Yeah, they must have. They did. Wait, yeah, they did. But mm-hmm. I'm I'm remembering the one they did before she passed away. Oh, okay, yeah, no, because I, I do the remember her talking away. about the bankruptcy thing. So, I mean, either way, you know, we could argue. Yeah, we we. We love watching Behind the Music. It's great. But also, I feel like they skip a lot. Oh, they skip so much. <laughs> they really are just like, ah, oh, whatever. Behind the Music is like a nice outline yeah. of a of an artist's career. I mean, I'll life, still but... watch it if I can find it on the artist. Oh, but... yeah. Absolutely. I watch the Megadeth what? one a lot. <laughs> the, the Metallica one's just kind of hilarious. Yeah. Some of them are fun. Actually, there aren't a ton for the artists we do. More than you would think. Thanks for listening. <laughs> if you guys are digging us and want to check out more, you should go to our website, www.rockcandypodcast.com. And over there, you can comment on the episodes and send us an email if you want, or just go on and find our social medias because we got Facebook, Instagram, and the Twitters. We do all the things. We do all the things. We don't do them well, but we do them. <laughs> we try. Trying counts. Mm-hmm. And you can hit us up on all those. We do things. Yeah, you can also hit us up on Patreon if you want to give us some of your cash. Ooh, cash money. You'll give us cash. We'll give you some fun stuff in return. Yeah. And also you get a fun bonus episode every month, which will be coming out this week. Yep. So if you want to hear our hot takes on some of the news from this month, maybe you uh, throw us a couple dollars yeah. and we throw you a bonus episode and some swag. Yeah. Swag. You know you want it. <laughs> you know you want it. With consent. With consent. <laughs> Definitely. And if you are enjoying us, go check out our network, the Pantheon Podcast Network. It is the MTV of podcasts. It's all music. Pretty much. All the time. It's any genre you could think of and any type of podcast you can think of. It's over there. So check it out. We got it all. We got it all. It's wonderful. They're Mm -hmm. great peeps. So support them. Supporting them supports us. And it supports you. Yeah. Yes. So we hope you guys enjoyed everything we had to kind of contribute for Black History Month. And next month is another month. Oh, yeah. It's Women's History Month. Next month is Women's History Month. All ladies all the time. All girls, ladies. girls, girls. Girls, girls, girls. <laughs> Go yeah. fuck yourselves, But also Motley fuck crew. yourselves, Molly Crew. This is not going to be on Motley fucking crew. <laughs> However, next week is going to be 
another it's gonna be another roller coaster of an episode oh it's gonna boy. end you've been preparing for this one for a while so well once i got inspired i was like oh i need to do this <laughs> oh oh it's gonna be great and still oddly um relevant to our times oh yeah yeah oh yeah oddly but until then, you guys are just going to have to cool your jets and wait. But we'll, we'll have some stuff for you then. Yeah. So until then, a party on, Ashley. Party on, Maggie. Party on, you crazy kids out there. What about your friends? Will they stand their ground? Will they let you down again? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, what about your friends? What about your friends? <laughs> so good. Now I'm going to go burn the house down. Burn it down! With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.